Okay, thank you guys for tuning in to episode five of The Sound of the Barbell. Uh, today, my guest is Hiroki Wakabayashi, um, originally from Japan, but now living in Phoenix, Arizona. He's doing a lot of great stuff with, uh, with goaltending, uh, his goaltending clinics and camps. Um, and for a period of time, he's working in Hong Kong as well. So welcome, Hiroki. Thank you very much, Dominic. Uh, so, can you just explain to people a little, a little bit about your about your journey, um, you know, before Hong Kong, and then what you've been doing since? Yeah, it's a little bit of a long story, but uh, I was playing in Japan for till my college days, and after that, I started coaching right away. Actually, I was starting, you know, I started coaching while I was in college. Then uh, I started coaching abroad right off the college when I was in a master class, I was a master course. I was in, uh, I went to Canada for two seasons in US, Minnesota for one season. Then uh, I came back to Japan, started coaching in professional level, few years in college level, few years. Then I uh, decided to move back to uh, US. Then uh, I spent five, six years there. Then uh, I started moving to Hong Kong for two seasons, then uh, two years, and I was involved in national team programs, men and women. Then now, uh, on the year of uh, in the year of 2015, I moved back to US, Arizona. Then I'm here. Nice. And so you, it's been uh, it's been everywhere. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You've worked with um, a kind a wide range of you know of uh, of goalies from kind of. Um, development stage all the way through to kind of AHL, Olympic team members, NCAA, and even some NHL drafts. Um, yes. So obviously, you know, <laughs> being a goalie um, yourself, was it kind of a natural progression that you wanted to help goalies or was it a case that... Um, I was not a goalie. Oh, you weren't a goalie? I was not a goalie. I was a forward. Oh. I just uh, I just started coaching because of the, the pure luck almost. Because uh, while I was in college, uh, my father was working for Japanese Hockey Federation back then. Then uh, they had a kind of a project for preparing for Nagano Olympic. Then they invited the uh, goal instructor from Canada, who is Francois Lair, who is like a legendary coach, uh, Patrick Waugh, John Sebastian Jigel. So he's like a top of the world kind of a goalie coach. Then uh, my father recommended me to become a translator for him, interpreter for him. So, you know, I was not a goalie, so I'm like, ah, oh, why do I have to do this? And, but, you know, he said, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's one of the best in the business. You're going to learn a lot from him. I'm like, okay, I do it. Then uh, after a lot of uh, conversation with him and a lot of uh, good beer drinking with uh, Francois, we become a really good friends. And uh, I start coaching is really cool and what he does was what he's doing still is uh very very innovative and you know he's a coaching genius so i was really impressed and i wanted to become coach so that's how i started coaching goalies so i wasn't i wasn't even a goalie you didn't start and go oh well, okay awesome now um growing up in the uk generally in a lot of sports the kind of the way the goalies were chosen when we would play some pickup hockey or pick up football or anything, it was always the kind of last ones, <laughs> last ones left that would go in goal. Obviously, times have changed now because it's a very specialized position. 
not just in hockey, but a lot of different sports. Um, but do you find that goalies have a specific mindset that's a little bit different to players? Oh, yeah, of course. You know, mentally, you really have to be tough and you really have to be... Yes, you have to have kind of a thick skin because every mistake you make means it's a goal. And yeah. when the team is winning, no one's really care about care <laughs> about it. But when the team starts losing, it's always a goalie and goalie coaches. You know, it's a, it's very easy position to get blamed. So if you're not really, you know, mentally tough, it's gonna be a very very tough position for you to play for sure. Yeah, for sure. And also, you've got to put yourself in front of pucks that are flying up to 100 miles an hour as well. So <laughs> you also have to have uh, have to be very brave as well. I think so. So personally, that's the last thing I will do. You know, <laughs> I was not a goalie, and that's the last thing I would do. I just teach. That's all. Definitely no. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned that you you were a forward, and then you kind of you become. I guess goalie coaching has become your thing now. Um, do you think that's important for younger players when they first start playing to to try out every position or to try it in goals? Because a lot of players, when they start, they want to be the Sidney Crosby, they want to be the Conor McDavid. Maybe not many people want to be like the Dominic Hasek or the Jordan Binnington. Do you think that players at a young age should try all positions? Yes, definitely. Because uh, you never know what's going to be good for you. Then, uh, especially you know, playing goal, that's going to help you in the long way. If you even if you're not becoming a goalie, you know, you will see that the hockey from quite different positions. So. I would suggest like every younger students to try everything, especially when you want to be a goalie for the first time. Yes, I understand. You know, I talk to many parents, uh, you know, and they're saying like, well, he wants to be a goalie. So that's what he wants to do. And he's like six years old. I would say I would have to say like, no, no, you have to play somewhere else too. You know, you have to start a sport defense and maybe after a couple of years, you, st- you start playing goalie full time. It's okay to put your pads on for, you know, a few times a week or whatever, but you cannot become full-time goalie, I would say, you know, until you hit pretty much like 11 years old, 12 years old. Yeah. And, and I think another another aspect of that is the outfit or the skaters will get an appreciation of how hard it is to be a goalie. So when the goalie does concede a goal, they don't turn around and, and you know, have a go at them for conceding because they'll understand how difficult it is. But then also oh, yeah. on the other side, as a forward, if you know... Uh, specific areas to shoot that is more difficult for a goalie then it helps your forward game as well so yeah I, I agree 100% with you there yes so, of course yeah um, so studies and research show that goalies get fewer injuries than skaters now originally when I first saw this I was a bit surprised just because of the nature of you know being a goalie and having puck shot at you at 100 miles an hour but um, then thinking of the numbers of goalies in the game you've got maybe one goalie that will play a game but then you've got 18 skaters so the numbers kind of make sense and also the nature of the skaters job a lot of body checking whereas goalies generally don't get as much kind of physical contact uh, some of the issues that I've seen with goalies mainly are hip and groin injuries because of the you know the butterfly position, the mechanics of having to get from one side of the net to the other very quickly, the repetitions, and also the anatomy with the hip socket and the femur head. If the hip socket is deeper or shallower, it's going to be different for different uh, in different players. Different uh, movements will be easier, some will be harder. Um, obviously, it's hard to prevent 100% of injuries, but what are some things that you've seen goalies doing to help reduce the risk of injury? Oh yeah, of course. Uh, uh, working on your flexibility is 
major thing, of course, and walking on a hip flexibility. And nowadays, uh, I think you have to really walk on the uh, ankle flexibility as well, because uh, nowadays uh, reverse VH position is getting popular. That is stressing out your, you know, hips and knees and also ankle as well. So I know many pro guys I have, they're struggling with their ankle injuries. So, yeah, of course, you really have to work on your injury prevention by working, working on your strength and, and the flexibility big time. So I have to say for the younger kids, you really have to be careful when you walk out in the dry land, especially because uh, I am not totally against it, but some uh, some dryland specialists would uh, do very goalie specific dryland training that you have to hit your knees on the floor or you know even on the bouncy ball or whatever. You know you you it's actually over repeating the butterfly position and butterfly impact on your knees again and again. And you are hitting your knees on the ice, like, you know, 10,000 times a year or whatever. And why you have to add more on the dry land, you really have to be careful. So on the dry land or even like a general skating drills, I try not to do too much butterfly anymore, especially on the dry land. I strictly not doing anything for like, you know, hitting the, hitting the ice and hitting the floor on your knees. It's just yeah. too much. Oh, definitely. And, you know, you raised a very, very good point there. Sometimes um, when it comes to dry land or off-ice or uh, strength conditioning style training, you're right. If, if someone sees, oh, you're a goalie, let's try and do more stuff that you do on the ice. Whereas you should focus on the weaknesses. Don't repeat the same stuff they're doing on the ice. You should look at maybe where they need the extra work. And you mentioned a good point about ankle injuries. Now, obviously, I've never played in goal other than a few training sessions when, you know, many years ago. But um, mm-hmm. your ankle is super important for pushing you across the ice because you're in a kind of awkward position if you're in a butterfly and you need to push from one post to the other. You need to your ankle to be stable and have a good range of motion to be able to get across to the other side. If your ankle is injured, you're not going to be as efficient getting across, which means you'll be slower, which means there'll be more gaps for the force to shoot at. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love what you said there about, you know, repeating what they're doing on the ice off the ice because especially about the fight position it's a completely unnatural position to be in mm-hmm. it puts a lot of stress on the hip the knee um and repeating it over and over especially with young children is is a recipe for disaster um in terms of um being a netmind i know you don't want to specific you don't want to specify too much when it comes to dry land but what attributes do goalies need from a strength and conditioning standpoint that differs from a from a skater uh if you call that uh the part of the strength and conditioning i think uh, uh vision training your hands-eye coordination training is uh, the most important thing so you know that's not gonna stress you out off the ice you know it's not not like uh butterfly stance on the yeah. dry on training so yeah you you really have to work on your uh, eye, hands-eye coordination for sure general hands-eye coordination you know using the ball mm. you know hitting the ball against the wall and catch it and stuff like that and even like you know simple training like playing ping pong or tennis or whatever thing it is you know it's uh, i think it's extremely to work on your eyes yeah definitely and i see a lot of goalies that kind of will do juggling uh, juggling practice um I like what you said there about you know playing other sports like cross training. So you're playing badminton or ping pong or tennis or something else that you, you're still working some of those attributes, but you're not having the stress of 
being in a bad fly position or having a puck shot puck shot at you all the time. So yeah, definitely, I, you know, I like that idea. Um, do you see, uh, how have your experiences in terms of strength and conditioning differed across your your experience? Now, obviously, you've you've done from like development all the way up to kind of very very high level athletes. How have the practices compared as you moved across the world and through divisions? Oh, of course, you know, uh, as you move up to better level, you really have to work on your specific strength and conditioning. And uh, most likely when you're in the country like hockey country like U.S., I work on the ice and off the ice, someone else kind of to do, you know, their specialized stuff off the ice. So I just leave it to them pretty much unless unless I got asked, like, you know, how you want me to to work with the goalies. You know, now I can say something, but uh you know, they are specialists, they know what they're doing. So usually I just leave it to them. So, yeah, as uh, as it's as it's getting more specific and getting better level, I think that's the way it should be. Nice. And do you, you kind of collaborate a lot with the coaches or the strength conditioning guys to uh, maybe point out weaknesses in the goalie's game and then they can kind of work on that? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, when especially when they ask uh, when they ask me about uh, weakness or thing like that with the goalies they're working with, you know, I can give them I can give them advice or even I ask them, you know, what they're doing yeah. or my goalies and stuff. So, oh, that's good. It's good to have a collaboration between coaches. Do you of course. Do you see any shortfalls in or gaps in strength conditioning for goalies that could be improved? Uh it's kind of funny to say, but in the sense I talk about, you know, not doing too much on the knees. Mm. I think that's that kind of area needs to be needs to be improved a lot because sometimes the strength coaches are thinking about too much about goalie specific movements. Yeah. What do you do on the ice and try to, you know, duplicate the same movement off the ice, but I I'm pretty much against it. So they have to realize like, you know, that's not that's not what we want. You know, it is important yeah. to duplicate the movement sometime, but, you know, you cannot overdo it. So especially yeah. in season training, you know, you cannot overuse your knees. So maybe there should be some studies to show, like, you know, how much percentage, like how much hour you can go on the ice and you know, hit the knees on the ice and how much time you can do it off the ice yeah. as well. You know, I, I know that Swedish people are kind of studying those kind of thing and try to regulate the butterfly movement to protect the hips and uh, knees and stuff. But uh, definitely we need to figure out, you know, what to do to keep goalies healthy. You know, you can talk about working on, the, you know, explosive movement and stuff like that. But if you get injured, you know, nothing's going to work anyway. So I think the major, major thing about the goalies to work out is to keep themselves staying healthy, especially for the hips and ankle, because just like you said, it's so unnatural position and unnatural movement. So I think injury prevention is the number one thing we really need to figure out. Yeah, definitely. I agree there. Um, now, uh, obviously, recently um, you had some, uh, or you, you were diagnosed with, with cancer, uh, something that you're going, you're going through treatment at the moment. Um, how did you find out um, that, you, that you had cancer? Because you were pretty well, healthy. Oh yeah, I was healthy. Like you know, I I almost never get cold. Uh, I never catch cold and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, I got cancer. So it's it's pretty shocking. But uh, yeah. so here here's the thing. You know, last year about the July, I was working in the camp as usual, and I start having a back pain and lower back pain and higher back pain as well. But hockey coach back pain is like so normal. So yeah. I'm like, well, it's another back pain. You know, it's not gonna, you know, it's uh, it's it's there. 
So I'm like, yeah, okay, it's another back pain. But, uh, you know, a couple of weeks passed and a couple of months passed and he's still there and it just keeps getting worse and worse and it's coming to the point like I cannot even skate. So I <clears throat> was doing the uh, private lesson with my goalies and uh, one of the goalies' dad is kind of a physician. He's a doctor. And after the training, he talked to me like, you know, you, you look bad. Like, why don't you come to my office and I can fix you? And I visited his office the day after, and uh, he said, nah, maybe just the overuse of muscle. Your hockey coach, you use your muscle too much. But just in case, let's take an x-ray. And after a couple of days, he, he called me with a very serious voice and saying, like, Hiroki, your spine's broken. Like, your spine's broken in many places. Like, what's going on? And that's how I found out I got a uh, uh, broken spine, which is coming from uh, osteoporosis. So having this, you know, my age and osteoporosis usually does not happen. Yeah. So he's, yeah. Uh, yeah so he's uh, now he has to guess like what's going on. And he, he's done some lovely works and some more x-rays and uh, CT scans and everything. And uh, after a few weeks, I found out that I, I have a multiple myeloma, which is a rare blood cancer. So that's how I found out. Wow. And has it uh, changed your outlook at all on on your coaching or life in general? Oh, yeah, of course, because uh, especially when that's found out, you know, I was in such pain because, you know, think about it. Think about that. I have like, you know, 10, 10 broken bones in my spine. So it was very tough for me even to get on the ice. You know, tying the skate was a pain too. So, and obviously, you know, usual regular life going, you know, laying down on the bed and getting up on the bed, that was a pain. So, uh, it was tough, but I still wanted to go on the ice and do my job. So, you know, I was on the ice and just walking like a penguin. And, I, you know, I can't, I couldn't shoot. So I used my shooters and uh, did my job. But uh, uh, after I started uh, doing the chemo, chemotherapy treatment, uh, it's about five weeks in, start feeling much better and uh, start moving a little bit better. And now after six months of uh uh, chemotherapy, I start, you know, feeling so much better, and uh, now I can skate a little bit slowly. So that's a uh, condition as of now. And uh, later on this month, I I undergo. I'm going to do the uh, stem cell transplant. Okay. So this is the next big step, and I know it's going to be a tough treatment, but uh, after that, I should be fine. So it's okay. my well, status as of now. Yeah, wishing you all the best for that. Um, Thank you. So. So at the moment, what, uh, what are you currently working on? I noticed that you kind of um, you do a lot of research into the stats on uh, goalie positions, where goals are scored, or where people are shooting. Um, what, what else are you working on? Well, obviously, you know, there's uh, there's no rink opening in anywhere in the U.S. So you know, yeah. I got a lot of time, and uh, you know, other than that, I just do my treatment. So I have a lot of time, and actually, I started that stats work few few years ago it's uh 2017 to 18 season i started my project to manually take a lot of stats from uh you know actually 4,000 goals i manually recorded and you know that was a crazy process you know i i went nuts obviously then <laughs> but i have to do it so that's the first year i just took the stats in the second and third year i started uh, doing a lot of analysis to see what's going on and basically, the motivation behind it is uh, I wanted to know what's going on by myself. 
So there are some stats going on and advanced stats is, you know, flourishing nowadays. But I wanted to have my own stats so I can tell people like, you know, I, I do believe this because I have the stats. You know, yeah. I have a number to back back myself up. So that's wanted to that's what I wanted to do. And originally I wanted to do a more work on the stats last year, but the, the you know cancer treatment got in the way, so I couldn't do it. But now I have so much free time, and uh, I started doing so much more. So it's it's been very fun. Nice. And is there anything uh, go back to kind of I guess coaches in in Asia now, obviously because I'm based in Hong Kong. Is there anything the coaches here can do to help develop the netminders? Maybe that you've learned across your experiences that they're perhaps not doing. Well, I found out the most important thing is to create the time and space so the goalie coaches can work with the goalies consistently. So first of all, you need to have a good goalie coach or head coaches and assistant coach. They, even if they are not goalies, they have to learn how to teach goalies. Yeah. It doesn't have to be rocket science. They just need to learn the basics, like basic stance and basic drills. But the thing is, no matter how knowledgeable you are, if you don't have a set time, organized time and space for goalies to work on a specific goaltending skill every week, it's not going to work. It is not like you walk with the goalie five minutes in the practice and doing a little bit of a shoot, you know, warm up yeah. shooting and the goalies get better. That's not going to work that way. So that's the most important thing I figured out. So nowadays I work with a specific club. Uh, it's called the DIHA Junior Sun Devils, but they, uh, they set me up as a goaltending director. So it is not a goalie guy. You know, it's, it's not a goalie instructor who's coming in for just five minutes and shooting the pucks for goalies. I'm a goalie director, so I can actually assign the time and space for the goalie every week. So this way I can work with every single goalie almost about 60 minutes per week. So no matter what I do, it will improve because, you know, it's just about the consistency. Everything is consistency for goalies, and I believe that's just, that works the same for players. But if you're not having a consistent schedule, it's not going to work. So Asian countries in general, of, of course, you know, Hong Kong and even Japan, Japan should be more advanced than uh, many other Asian countries, but uh, they still don't really have, you know, specific goaltending program and uh, even in Asian league teams. In Japan, they don't even have goalie coaches, wow. so you have to imagine how 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 they can get better, you know. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think maybe a lot of that comes down to the price of ice time, especially in Hong Kong, as you know, the ice time is is very expensive. So I think I guess programs are trying to maximize uh, uh, their efficiency and or maybe minimize the amount of hours they need to rent the ice for because it get you know it gets expensive. You you worked here for a few years, you know that. Um, do you think there's a, a kind of argument for maybe using either inline or using the kind of uh, synthetic ice for goalie training? Obviously, it won't be exactly the same in terms of the movement, but do you think there's an argument for using those modalities for helping goalies? I think so. Yeah. Well, if you if you're in the limited resources, you know that's the only thing you can do, and you know, and even if it's not exactly the same movement, it's similar. And especially since synth synthetic ice, you can walk a lot of stuff. And like I say, it's about the consistent. It's about the consistency. If you don't have the consistent ice time with with the goalies on the ice, you know why don't you have the consistent ice time with the synthetic ice or even inline training? And it works pretty much the same way. 
So yeah, as long as you can have the consistency, you know, the, you can use those kind of alternative for sure. Awesome. Thanks. Um, do you have any advice or takeaways for for anyone listening that's maybe either looking to looking at ways to improve their own goalie training as a goalie themselves or as a coach or as a parent of a player? What kind of advice do you have? Well, I work on the basic skating first, and I'm not talking about the T-pushing and shuffling. You really have to be a good skater in a sense that, you know, general, like crossover, hockey stop, whatever thing it is, especially when you're young. I never want the goalie just to put the equipment on, on and doing the T-pushing shuffle for a year or something like that. You're going to look actually pretty good when you do that, but your basic skating ability will be very, very limited. And so in the long run, it's not a good thing. So if you're starting out with forward and defense and, you know, playing that kind of position for like a few years and, and you know, you're getting better on skates, then uh, now you decide what to do with the and stuff and you put your pads on, you automatically can, you automatically are able to do T-push and shuffle yeah. without even learning just because you can skate. Yeah, I think that's it. That's it. So it's, you know, it's not, it's not a rocket science. You can skate, you can T-push and shuffle. There's nothing in a work the reversive reversive way. You cannot walk on tipish and shuffle and expect yourself to become a better skater with uh, crossover and stuff like that. It's not going to happen. So yeah. I always recommend all the goalies to skate well with the other position. Then you can then you can go to you know go put your pads on. Yeah, no, I agree with that, and I think um, people might be surprised to hear that. I think goalies they need to be the best skaters, but just because they they may not have to skate the distance that the play, the skaters do, but they've got to move quick and they've got to get in position quick and they've got to come out and telescope and they've got to be able to move laterally. So yeah, it's, you know, it's phenomenal seeing, you know, some of the best skaters on the team are, are the ones that maybe don't skate the distance that some of the other players do, but it's still vitally, vitally important. Um, in fact, when I was growing up, some of, some of the better players that I used to play with started off in figure skating and their edge control and everything was, um, you could just see that they were like better skaters than, than the rest uh, on the ice hockey team. Oh yeah, of course. So um, thanks again, Hiroki, for uh, taking the time out uh, today to to chat with me about the about goal goaltending, and it's good to learn that you weren't you didn't start off in that. Um, obviously, all the best with the next course of treatment that you're going through. I'm sure uh, everyone listening will send will send their best wishes as well. Uh, my next guest on episode six is Colin Shields. Uh, so for any UK ice hockey fans listening, he's the EIHL all-time top point scorer, and he played on the Great Britain team uh, at the World Championships last year who won promotion to the top tier to play against teams like Canada and the US. Uh, we're going to be speaking about his experience of playing um, at those kind of tournaments, his experience of strength and conditioning, and also now he's running his own fitness performance gym called Total Performance Fitness in, uh, in Donald near Belfast. So don't forget to tune in for that. Thank you again, Hiroki. Thank you very much for having me.